Hey there. So look, um, a lot of things going on in the world, right? And who would have thought that this would be the second episode where I'd take a look at films that I've never seen before, new to me, but also films that are relevant to, uh, I guess, current events, you know? And unfortunately, it's because it's another war popping off in the world. And, you know, I could say, well, there are plenty of uh, feature films that talk about or have stories about life or the, the conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Palestinians or Arab communities and nations in that region. But at the same time, it's like, I, I guess I'm just, I'm just the lazy, dumb American where I don't really understand how some of that works. And so sometimes I feel like that's where narrative films can kind of get you into trouble because the primary goal there is to tell a story. So here I say, all right, look, I'm not going to go watch feature films, even though I'm sure there are plenty of them, but I wanted to look at some documentaries. Because I feel like, just like I did uh, last year, or over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, when Russia decided to invade Ukraine, and looked at some films that told stories related to that part of the world, or the history of the region, the history of the people, you know, I wanted to have a better understanding of what exactly is going on. What are people fighting about over there? And I kind of have a general sense because I feel like that's maybe a more, uh, that's a conflict that's been kind of higher profile. It's been like in the public consciousness for what, the last 40, 50 years. I mean, it goes back even further than that. But I really think for a lot of people like around the world, the Munich Olympics in 1972, that put this whole thing in the spotlight. And so I wanted to go back. I wanted to look at some documentaries that really talk about this whole conflict, talk about the region, talk about the people, and at least try to illustrate different sides of the situation. Now, just like I said with the episode about Ukraine and those films that I watched, look, every documentary, any, any piece of work like this is going to have an angle to it. And so I'm not fooling myself that these are all entirely accurate or objective. I mean, I can tell you now, some of these films, they have a real obvious kind of slant to what they're saying. And all right, fine. I, you know, th the way I look at it is like, I'm kind of an outsider to this whole thing. I'm no expert on this. I'm no historian. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Palestinian. I... You know, for me, it's more of like an awareness and a little bit of an educational process, you know, just to have a better understanding of this. Because I feel like that's where a lot of people who aren't involved in this situation, who aren't from this part of the world, or maybe, look, maybe you just don't know your history. You're going to walk around ignorant and maybe say some things that are going to get you in trouble. And... Even if you have a good sense of who's who and why things are happening the way they are, 
I, I still think something like this requires a real sensitivity to, to what people are going through. And so, you know, all that to say, look, I, I can't come down like on one side of this or another. I, I don't, I don't really have a real deep handle or, or understanding on what all is involved here. That's why I wanted to watch these films. So look, I'll just get right into it. You know, I, I found a lot of these films on Tubi, which is a free streaming platform. You know, it's ad supported. So the good thing is that there's a lot of stuff available there. The bad side of that is some of it is, uh, sometimes a little sketchy, a little questionable, like who made this? Like what are the sources, you know? So I'll just put that out there. That's kind of the preemptive disclaimer is like, I don't know if most of these films are necessarily legit or uh, backed by, you know, real facts or real information. That's kind of the world we live in. It's like half the shit you see on the internet now, you have to kind of question like, where does it come from? Can I believe it? Can I trust it? And so, look, I'll just say that up front. But I do want to talk about these particular documentaries, but I wanted to at least do an episode about this situation. And yeah, it kind of cuts into some other films I wanted to talk about, but this is a really pressing, really urgent thing that I think the better understanding people have, whether it's through films or whatever, I I think the better we would all be because we could at least have a, a more informed idea of how to address it, or at least how to look for some people. It's just a matter of how to cope with this because some people going through some shit right now. There's a whole part of the world right now that is straight up suffering with everything that's going on. So the first one is where I felt like would be a good starting point is 1948 creation and catastrophe. And it's a documentary from 2017 and it really gives you a pretty broad like overview of where things started. And I don't say where things started in terms of all of history, but at least in terms of 1947 was a year where there was a buildup of this movement, the Zionist movement, and it was all building towards the establishment of a sanctuary, a, a land, a state right? For Jewish people. And that was on the heels of World War II, which obviously was a decimating time. And so this was at least an opportunity to, I don't know if you want to say correct some of that, but at least provide these people with a place to call home, you know? And like, again, I don't really have a, a full understanding, but my sense is that Jewish people, the, the let's say the different factions or groups or, or, I don't know, tribes, is that the right word? Throughout history, right? They've never really had a place to call their own home. I mean, unless you go thousands of years back, which is part of this whole conversation, really. But if we keep it in 20th century, there's no place. And so my understanding here is that in 1948, that's when this all came about. 
Great Britain decided to step in and set up this land, this part of the Middle East, as the state of Israel. And so, you know, I, I'm sorry if this sounds like I'm talking to a, a room full of third graders, but I'm just trying to talk myself through, like, how did this all work and how did this all take shape to become where we are today? This documentary, I feel like, actually does a pretty good job of really walking you through that whole time, you know, the, the, the history of who did what and when and what were the consequences of that and how did it get followed up by the next conflict and who, you know, who the players were. And so it goes through a lot of what happened specifically in 1948, but also trying to give us a little bit of both sides of the equation here. You know, we've got interviews with uh, soldiers, you know, people who were actually there, witnesses to events that, that happened. You know, this was from 2017. So people who were around, I mean, they were much younger, of course, but they were around in 1948. They can attest to what happened and they were there when things were going on. And so the sense I got is that not everybody was really down with this plan of setting up this state of Israel because, not because they didn't want that as an idea, but the idea of also displacing people who already live there. You know, there, there's a whole society of the Arab communities that had been established for hundreds of years at that point. And you could say, I'll tell you, none of these films really go into it that I remember, but, you know, if you go back to ancient history, I mean, we're talking about, you know, biblical times, I guess. This was the land of the Jewish people, this specific area. That's uh, as documented in the Bible and whatever, you know, I, look, take all that for what you will. I, I'm just going by what I've seen, what I've read, and what I've seen in these films. So having something like this to kind of break down like how things played out and who was responsible for this kind of thing happening or that decision that was made, I, I think it's something that is worth seeing because it at least gives you a picture of how we got to where we are today. And there's another documentary I saw called Golda, which is about Golda Meir, who is, uh, if I remember right, the only female prime minister of Israel. And she only served for five years, but she had been involved in state affairs and all that up to that point, up to 1969. But her term was also when some of the most horrific things happened. I mean, those things happened on her watch. I mean, whether it was the 1972 Olympics, uh, the Yom Kippur War, which was, uh, I mean, from what I can see, like, I don't really know all the history, but it feels a lot like what's happening now. It was something that the Israeli government was kind of prepared for, but didn't maybe take the right action. And then it turned into a mess. And then it's a matter of who's to blame and how do we get out of this? And, you know, it, it's just a lot. It's a lot for these people who are, you know, 
the idea here was these people just want to have a place to call home, a place to live in peace. And it seems like they've never gotten it. And I don't just mean Jewish people. I don't just mean Israelis, but I mean all those people in that region. It's like nobody's really been comfortable all these years. And so this documentary, Golda, I mean, it at least gives us a viewpoint of this prime minister who really kind of defied expectations and really went against the grain. So one thing with this film, though, is it uses an unaired interview, like kind of like a hot mic situation in a way, where she kind of discloses some of her opinions or points of view on certain things. And if this would have aired at the time, it could have been a lot of trouble. More trouble than was already going on, I suppose. But here, this was at least an interesting portrait of this person who, born in Russia, lived in America, and became the prime minister of Israel, and dealt with controversy, dealt with conflict, and in some ways was very, they kind of paint the portrait of she was kind of the, the mother of all of Israel, you know, taking care of her people, of her citizens. But at the same time, very much a kind of a hardline attitude about some things, even in terms of her own people. It's a really interesting portrait to paint. And it's not the first, of course. We've had politicians here in America and, and government leaders who, uh, look, just they revel in controversy. But I think the, the important thing here is that this was something that it seems clear from this, at least, this, this documentary, that people understood what, her, what the significance was of her being prime minister, but not everybody agreed with what she was doing. And it's a, it's a complicated thing to, to kind of wrap your head around. And it's not to say that we haven't had the same kind of situation here in the U.S. And I'm sure other countries have had the same problem with, well, this is our leader. And maybe we don't always agree, but this is still the country we call home. This is still the place that we you know, live our lives. So we kind of have to deal with it in a way. It's it's a it's a weird place to be as a society, but it does happen. And I I, I think this was an interesting look at that. Uh, another documentary I watched uh, called "In Search of Peace." This was from two thousand one, so it's a little bit older. But yeah, it's interesting because it's narrated by Michael Douglas. So immediately I'm thinking, all right, this is a much more kind of higher profile thing. But it's strange, you know, when I look at the documentary, the 1948 Creation and Catastrophe, that one really has, I mean, overall, it has a bit more of a pro-Palestine take, you know? It's like, it shows you what happened, the events that happened, when they happened, but it really comes down on like how did this affect the people who eventually were you know relegated to Gaza Strip or the West Bank, right? These people who were kind of pushed to the side to make way for Jewish people to come into the territory. 
this other documentary here, In Search of Peace, was kind of the opposite in in a sense. You know, it really is more about these people that were looking for a place and found it in this part of the world and everything, all of the machinations, all of the wrangling that had to happen with different countries, with different leaders, with everything that was involved to create this state of Israel. Of course, there's the conflicts that came through and the different personalities involved. You know, we get into Yasser Arafat in the 1960s, his kind of rise and the PLO and and what that became, like it became a real presence. And yet it still comes down on the side of the people of Israel were right for taking this land and for making it their home. I, you know, look, I don't know. I don't know one way or the other. It's just what the films are showing me. And if you're so far removed from it, like I'm sure most people in the world really kind of are, it's, I mean, you have to look at both sides and you have to weigh what makes sense to you. And look, understand the facts, understand how people and how societies can get themselves into this kind of mess. And then, you know, is there a way to make this better? Is there a way like out of this whole thing? I don't know. I can tell you this much. This next documentary I want to talk about, um, Gaza from 2020, very recent. It, I think, speaks a little more to what is going on right now. Because the, the main thing is that this shows us life behind the wall, right? Uh, in the Gaza Strip. And this is the, the, the Palestinian people who, you know, I've, I've seen it and I've, I've heard it now described as an open air prison. And that to me, I don't know, that just conjures certain images, certain ideas of what life must be like. But to see this documentary it's not to say that it's all, you know, lollipops and rainbows there, but it's not as bad as I think one would imagine. At least the way it's depicted in this film. I mean, it is a functional society. It certainly seems to be more uh, modern and advanced than other parts of the world. But I understand, and I can, I, you can see that it's not on par with what's right on the other side of the wall in Israel. And so you can see that it is an oppressed society. They are an oppressed people, but it's not like they're living in the Stone Age. And so it's a little hard to maybe wrap your head around like how, how bad life really is until... This film takes you to the places and the, and the points in time where things really do become horrifying. You know, the, the thing I can... Uh, watching the film, the thing you notice right away is that there's a lot of children. And, you know, it's like you can almost see like there's a whole wave, there's a whole generation that is not present somehow. And I have to assume, like, oh, that, you know, there must have been a whole generation of, let's say, grown men and women that were killed 
in, in the last 40 years or so. And given all the conflicts and all the uh, activities that have happened there, I mean, I could see that being the case. And so what you're left with is a world where you've got a lot of much older adults or you've got a lot of children. And I mean like 15 and under. And so when you see that, I mean, that is like one of the main recurring images in this film is kids trying to live life, trying to enjoy life, uh, still somewhat innocent in terms of what they expect out of life. And yet they're just subject to this really not ideal world that they have to live in. And and the reason I say that that really kind of hits home now is because I feel like that's what a lot of is being reported, at least, is that there are a lot of children dying in this conflict at the moment. And of course, you have to wonder, it's like, well, the day comes when these kids get a little bit older, and maybe just in another five to 10 years, well, I mean, what's going to happen then? you have to almost think there are some longer-term goals in mind. And it's not a good look for what Israel's doing. I mean, they're trying to take out children so they don't grow up to be soldiers, you know, that kind of thing. It's a legitimate strategy, I guess. But it's just horrifying. And so when you see, especially the young men, you know, the boys that are growing up in this community in Gaza and they're frustrated and they're like directionless and rudderless and they're resorting to poking at their neighbors like they want a better world they want a better life and they want out of this I mean you have to wonder like well whose whose side should I be on Now, that doesn't necessarily justify or rationalize what has happened here recently. It, it does make you think. It should make you think. Hey, if you push me far enough, what am I willing to do to be heard or to be acknowledged or just to be left alone? Right? And, you know, I can't speak for why people are doing what they're doing right now. But I know for me, and for probably for most people, that would be the train of thought. I was like, you want to pick on me? You want to oppress me? You want to fight with me? Am I just supposed to stay here and take it? Or do I need to do something to come back at you? You know what I mean? Now, I mean, that's childish, that's petty, but you push somebody far enough, they'll turn into an animal. And I've heard that enough already of like, well, these people are animals. We need to kill them all. Yeah, but if you treat them like animals, how do you expect them to act? You lock them in a cage. What do you want them to do? And, you know, that sounds like I'm really taking one side, but uh, I could see both sides. I don't know. It, you know, and that's why I say like this whole thing is, I think it's worth understanding the facts so that you can know 
maybe where you stand on it, but also just understand like what is happening in the world and why people are resorting to these kinds of actions. It doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it something that is acceptable, but at least you have an understanding. You know, the, the other documentary I saw here, which was, honestly, it, it kind of illustrated the point, I mean, that I was just making, is uh, The Green Prince. It's from 2014. as a documentary about a, a young man at the time who was the son of the founder of Hamas. Which, if you're paying attention to the news right now, that is the organization that is kind of in charge in Gaza Strip and is responsible for a lot of attacks, but specifically these recent attacks on the people of Israel, taking people hostage, killing people at the music festival and just in their homes, really just running through all the neighboring uh, communities there. And this man was the son of the founder at some point, he is captured and turned to work for what's called the Shin Bet, which is the Israeli like Secret Service, CIA, I guess, kind of organization. Turned around to work for them as, uh, I guess, like as a mole, as a, as a double agent, as a spy. And then it's about him essentially trying to decide morally where he stands and what he should or should not be doing to be a part of his community, to work with the Israelis. But then also, even afterwards, after he gets out of this whole thing and gets to the U.S., like, what does that mean for a life there? The, the parallel that I seem to kind of come to as I was watching the film, as he is actually talking, a lot of this is direct interviews with him telling his story. And of course, he was in news reports and very visible when he made this change in his life. When he said, I'm out of this whole thing. And the way I kind of look at it is kind of like, like he was in the mob or something. It was like, you don't really leave that life, homie. This is the life that you're in. So you don't really ever get out. And a lot of it is about him trying to move on trying to find a life elsewhere and trying to leave all that in his past, but maybe always having to look over his shoulder. And so, and you know, because he was certainly a part of it and he was certainly around it and he's related to it. So it's hard to deny association, right? And yet, by 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 hearing him tell his story doesn't really sound like he wanted any part of it and yet it's something that follows you it's a stain even when you come down on the side of i don't want to hurt people i don't want to be a part of this kind of conflict or this kind of way of life it still follows you and i think that's an important takeaway from a lot of this is what side of the line do you want to be on? You know, especially in terms of like 
you know, what the history books are going to show. You want to be on the right side or you want to be on the wrong side? And I feel like that's where right now at this moment, you're finding a lot of people who are taking a stand, taking a position, and they may or may not be on the right side. And yeah, maybe it's a thing only time is really going to tell. But I, I, I understand it's unavoidable to feel a certain way. You feel how you feel right? Whether it's your part of the world, your way of life, your people, you feel an allegiance or a loyalty or a, uh, a faith um, that draws you to feel one way or the other. All right, that's, I, I understand. But it's something that in time, you may find you were in the wrong position. But what can you do about it? I mean, I, I think this documentary at least shows a man who was conflicted completely about it, even through the struggle he had to. I mean, he was taken captive. He was held prisoner. He went to prison as a terrorist. And yet, uh, can you really ever leave that behind? I think it's interesting to see this point of view, because here's someone who kind of walked in both worlds, right? It's like, I uh, was on the side that was quote-unquote trouble. And I went to the side that, quote-unquote, the good guys. And yet, I didn't feel like a good guy, and I, I wasn't causing trouble. So where do I really stand? And then when I try to get out of that whole mix, I'm not wanted anywhere. That's a scary way to live. There's no way of life that anybody would want. And yet, I think it speaks to the dilemma that all of these people in this part of the world and this particular conflict are dealing with. It's like, why can't I just live my life? I can't go somewhere else. And if I did go somewhere else, they probably don't want me there. So why can't I just be here? I think that's like everybody there in that part of the world is saying the same damn thing. And so everything kind of hits a stalemate, right? And I feel like the issue right now, specifically as I'm recording this, is like one side of that stalemate really has a big advantage over the other. Whether they're right or wrong in the position they have, I don't know. But it's very clearly a one-sided engagement at this point. And, you know, you only hope that, or my hope, I'm sure for most people, is that there's a humane approach to some of this. I mean, I understand the need for retaliation or, or vengeance or uh, justice, right? All of those things. Those are just like part of the human experience, whether it's down to the tiniest thing that you feel like you were wronged or to the biggest event that ever happened in, in your life, in your society, right? But at the same time, you're, you're not dealing with monsters. You're still dealing with people. And maybe they don't live like you do, or they don't approach things the same way you do. But they're still people. And to say, well, those people are less than my people, well, that makes you the monster. 
So, you know, look, I can't, I'm sure both sides have people that are saying that exact thing. Like they're less than us. Well, you just got your label, homie. And so, look, these documentaries, these are interesting looks at this whole conflict from different sides, from different points in time. Give you some context over what happened when and why and who was involved and how that leads up to today. And, you know, maybe points to what could happen in the future or for better or for worse, I suppose. But if you find that you're watching the news or you're, you know, reading something or you're hearing about things and you're like, I, I don't even know what, I don't even know where Israel is. Well, look, educate yourself, get some understanding because it's not that you're going to have a test on it. We're not in history class anymore, but at the same time, know that you know, these things happen in the world and it's not just over there that it happens. It can happen here. It goddamn nearly almost did happen over here. And so why not be informed? Why not understand? And honestly, why not have some compassion for people who are suffering? Most likely unnecessarily. So... Look, I, you know, took a break from horror films and all that, October, Halloween, whatever business. I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to watch these films because I feel like this is important. This is a little bit of marking this moment in time. And it also shows the power of film to help us understand each other or at least show another way of life or another perspective that we might not necessarily know. So these documentaries are out there. There are plenty of others, of course, maybe some much more specific, but these are at least a few that I found and kind of watched and really tried to understand and and digest and and think about. And, you know, I, I guess it's timely that this is happening at the moment. I wish it were not happening. I wish it would stop today. But... Who knows how long this kind of a thing will happen? Who knows if it will happen again, right? I mean, this is not a new thing, unfortunately. I hope that was interesting. I hope that was maybe a little bit informative. I don't I don't want to push one point of view over the other. I'm just kind of showing you what I've seen and how it's kind of affected me or, or at least made me think about what's going on today. So anyway, that's it for now. We'll talk again soon. In the meantime, you know what it is. Be careful. Stay safe. Go in peace. And of course, go watch something new.